mejor A mujeres no me falta ni el dinero ni el amor Jineteando en mi caballo por la sierra yo me voy Las estrellas y la luna ellas me dicen dónde voy Me gusta cantar el son, mariachi me acompaña cuando canto mi canción. Me gusta tomar mis copas, aguardientes es lo mejor. También el tequila blanco con su sal le da sabor. Ay, 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 mi amor. Ay, mi morena de mi corazón. Me gusta tocar guitarra, me gusta cantar el sol, el mariachi me acompaña cuando canto mi canción. Me gusta tomar mis copas, aguardiente es lo mejor, también el tequila blanco con su sal de la sabor. Ay, 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 mi amor, ay, mi morena de mi corazón. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. This is Vantel Drummond and Alfredo Wasparsa. This past Saturday, we did an edition of Lucha World. It was Lucha World number 18. And um, just one day later, we learned of the death of Hector Garza, who passed away from lung cancer at the age of 43. And so we're adding a little supplement to uh, Lucha World number 18. Well, this is 19 now. This will be 19. This will be 19. This is the Hector Garza Yeah, this will be the Hector Garza edition, since he did have a long storage career in Lucha Libre. And not just Lucha Libre, I mean, around the world. This is a guy who wrestled practically everywhere, so... Yeah, he made his mark in a lot of places. I mean, this is... uh, This is a fellow who had a really unique career, and you don't really think about it until somebody like him passes away. Yeah, I mean just amazing that he he was in practically every major promotion i think outside of ecw and maybe some of the japanese promotions he was everywhere like wcw wwe um cmll triple a tna he was even in tna which is probably something you didn't even know (laughs) uh, in tna yeah tna i do believe you know i remember him coming into tna and i remember i was about to consider watching tune it. into it in fact i remember watching one of the shows that there were i think there was a show where ray bucanero and ultima guerrero was i think that was right after okay but i remember being because really that was young. like i think that was maybe a year or two after because um, they had a triple a deal before that and that got squashed because i he didn't he have steroids um yeah they got he got person. caught but it was prescribed in mexico ah uh, it's illegal it was illegal um he had proof, but he never... It is, and it's strange how uh, laws work like that. There's a lot of things like painkillers and steroids that you can get prescribed or over-the-counter in Mexico that are illegal here. Let there's, 
Yet there's a lot less uh, fallout as far as health risks go yeah. in Mexico yeah. because, wow. you know, we go into a whole another episode on the legalities of stuff like that. But uh, Garza, I first saw him in 1995 when uh, Ron Head used to send me these awesome tape compilations of just a little bit of everything that was going on. He had, He's the one who turned me on to ECW TV, what was going on in New Japan, All Japan. And he sent me a number of CMLL tapings, but mostly featuring Hector Garza. He was just saying, this guy is awesome. And that was the first time I saw him do his corkscrew plancha, which blew yeah, my tornillo. mind at the time. What was it called? The tornillo. I love uh, tornillo that corkscrew. God, that was beautiful. Yeah. And I think that was about the time I saw him, too, because, I mean, that was when he came. He first showed up in um, in CMLL, so that was your first ex- ex- your first time seeing him feuding with all those. That was he was, like, a fresh baby face. Yeah, really young. It's, it's funny because last night when I heard the news, I went on YouTube, and I was looking for the matches that I saw when I first was aware of him back in 95. I found one of him versus Satanico. And that's probably the most famous yes. portion of his career as far as like early in his career and might be his actually his, his biggest his most successful feud at the time too because i mean everything else mm-hmm. afterwards i mean there's so much rustling that you start watching as as you get older yes it doesn't it doesn't mean as much as what you saw like in the the 90s oh it's and stuff so like true that. it's so you know? true Th- and it was a feud with satanico too which is Yes. That that pace that basically I mean, that's golden. Yeah, and that basically put him on the map as a as a bona fide star. Too, yeah, Satanico so. was the gold standard when you're feuding with that guy. Yeah, because I mean, before that, he was a Monterey star. Garza was such a big Monterey star at the time. One of the pretty boys, uh-huh. one of the with Latin lover. That was a that was another guy that started yeah. with him. Well, and that's what was so funny when I was watching the match last night. Uh-huh. You know, I saw a lot of him in the last seven or eight years, and how. It was the same wrestler, yet those two looks were really different. And without, but it's still you could still see the same. Yes, because he was a, a handsome man. Yes, but it wasn't. But it wasn't that young guy anymore. You know what he I mean? He still had a. a he took, looked more like a heel. He did. He did. He had yeah, a better heel he look. He was a good-looking kind of wily, uh, yeah. like sleek head. Yeah. Cat Whereas when he was younger, he was then, he was the 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 pretty boy. The pretty boy. The, the pretty boy. In fact, the only time I was ever in his presence live uh-huh. was uh, the Peace Festival weekend when wrestlers from almost every country were yeah, out here. That was here. a big show. That was a big show. Well, the day after that show, he and Dr. Wagner both made an appearance at the All Nation Center at Boyle Heights. Oh, really? And that was a really fun show because you know some of the wrestlers who were in town for the Peace Festival were on it. Plus, a lot of fans from out of town were at the Peace Festival. And I remember there was this one young woman who was... Um, she was with a friend of hers who was into wrestling, and she didn't really know much about wrestling, but, you know, you know back then there weren't a lot of, like, you know, hot chicks out there for all the, you know, wrestling fans to go crazy over. Yeah, yeah. You know, but there were a lot of hardcore fans there, and a lot of the guys were kind of you know, magnetically veering toward this woman and trying to kind of get her attention. And, uh-huh. uh, she, she was polite, but she wasn't really into any of them. And then uh, it, was, it was as Fisica and I were leaving the building because we had to split early. And Hector Garza is walking in in a pair of shorts and a tank top. 
and the girl's jaw just were these the drops. Sh- were, were these short shorts like uh, what Dave Meltzer's story was about? Um, yes, <laughs> but he was Hector Garza. Yeah, so damn it, yeah. he could No, Dave it. Meltzer was talking about um, how how the the one time he he saw him in person, <laughs> uh-huh. or the first time he saw him in person. Hector is wearing like a shirt, a t-shirt, and short shorts, like really short shorts, and he's like, he's like, only a guy like him can pull that off. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And oh, this this girl just her jaw just dropped, and she just said something. Like, oh my God, look at this man! <laughs> and all the guys just looked at each other and shrugged like, yeah, got no yeah, shot. Got no <laughs> but see, I think that when he got older, mm-hmm. and that's the difference between him and Latin Lover, whereas guys will hate Latin Lover because the way he looks, the way he act, the way he acts. Hector Garza, they kind of ex- accepted him as a cool, you know, oh, this guy's a cool guy. Uh, you know, like, it kind of, it always felt that way, like, with him. What do you think the difference is? Like, what do you think made well, I think difference? the look. The, the, he didn't have that. He wasn't as pretty as uh, Latin Lover when he got older. Gotcha. Yeah, it was more of that. He evolved in a sense. Yeah, more of a, he wasn't, plus I think the whole, his whole act was more of a heel towards, it was more of a heel. Yes. And even when he evolved back into being more of a baby face... He still had a lot of the heel, the heel stuff, stuff but it worked as a baby yeah. face too. I mean, he looked wily and yeah. sly, and yeah. The first time I actually saw him was about that that time too. But I think the, I think that was around my the the, the time. You know, you have those times where you're not really watching a lot of wrestling. Mm-hmm. I lost a lot of interest, not a lot of interest, but I would just casually watch some stuff. And then I think I saw him like in AAA, mm-hmm. and then he shows up in WWF. When he did the WWF, a couple of WWF shows. Mm-hmm. I think you did. You ever see him? In I did WWF? not see those. Yeah, no. he did. He did the Royal Rumble. I think it was '97. Was that the Royal Rumble? There were yeah, with Mil Mascara, Cibernetico, all those. Sabu wasn't he? In no, that Sabu one? wasn't in that. He was in a battle royal. No, he wasn't in. He wasn't okay. in that. No, yeah, that was that was still a couple months after. Okay. That was EC, ECW didn't come in through I think ninety seven or ninety. No, this wasn't part of the ECW invasion. Sabu just popped into the battle royal and was no, it wasn't that. It was bad. That was that was. I'm kind of thinking that was the that was just AAA guys, Cibernetico, okay. Mil Mascaras. That was the that was the battle, the Royal Rumble where Mil Mascaras eliminated himself. Yes. That was that was a where real. he was playing yes. the role of Andre the Yes, Giant he was on that show. Thing. I think I think he had a trios match on that show. I didn't watch mm. it. <laughs> I wasn't gonna, uh, but um, he neither was, did I, and neither will I. He was in at that time. That that was the interesting thing because he was supposedly going to be the the WWE's counter to what WCW was doing with all the luchadors because he was a good looking guy. They saw, hey, this guy has potential. Yes. So I guess WCW saw him, and that's when they picked him up afterwards because he had the little disagreement with um, Antonio Pena and AAA. Then he went back to um, CMLL. And from CMLL, he went to um, WCW. Wow. And worked for WCW. So he's actually part of those, a lot of the, he was part of the, when he first showed up to CMLL, he was part of that whole interpromotional, the whole few, the whole AAA CMLL little breakup had it just happened. Mm-hmm. And he was one of the guys who was handpicked to be one of the stars for CMLL. Because you remember back then, it was ba- basically Dandy, Nergo Casas, Satanico. Mm-hmm. And I, some of those guys were leaving too, like Satanico left for a while to... Um, to AAA in 93 I think somewhere around that time yes. then he came back and then they brought in Garza they brought in a lot of the younger guys around the Monterey and all those areas so then later on he went into the WCWWE feud you know the whole wow I, I, I can't help but think I wonder talent all the talent feuds that they were having what it would have been like if he was with WWE instead of probably not as well as what he did with WCW yeah. he wouldn't have lasted two years but boy they didn't they 
Neither promotion. Neither promotion. So much better. No, they wouldn't have. WWE wasn't using any Mexicans well at all. You're missing. (laughs) I think you're. I think you're forget. I think you're forgetting the period of ops. Yeah. WWE back then. Yeah, I'm being over optimistic. No, you don't remember WWE. You're not remembering WWE back then. You're 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 forgetting that wasn't the that wasn't WWE from 2005 or 2006. Yeah, that was that was WWE when they had. Vince Russo and guys like that who didn't have a clue about that. <laughs> Bischoff, I think, I think the problem that WCW had with him was that he didn't speak English. And the other thing was they had so many of the Mexican guys there. They just kind of they were they were signing so many guys that every couple of weeks, which was totally idiotic. You want to every sign couple of weeks these guys and then just bury yeah, them. and then every couple of weeks they get a new guy. That guy would become the hot guy, and they get rid of some, they, somebody else would just lower. Because remember, like Vampiro, no, those guys, they would have months where they wouldn't rustle. They they'd still get paid, but there were months where that they was wouldn't actually rustle. That's the cool part. Was a lot of people made a lot of money by sitting at home and yeah. you know eating juji fruits. Yeah, and yeah. Watching soap opera. Well, Hector worked a lot though. He worked yeah, a lot of those um, Saturday night shows and mm-hmm. a lot of those great lucha matches from those that era. Uh, what are your most treasured memories of Hector Garcia? I think the Satanico feud probably goes mm-hmm. up there. Um, the Triple A feud that he had with um, with Latin Lover, Paraguayo Junior, and um, Heavy Met- Heavy Metal. Mm-hmm. That was a good feud. All based on four, built around four pretty boys. I love which it. was which was the Monterey, <laughs> which was the I think that was the Monterey Dream feud for that one promoter that everybody talks about being like the that loves pretty boys. Yeah, that loves yes. pretty boys. <laughs> Yeah, except AAA, Pena got to do it. But that was actually a really fun feud. Um, I actually think the Peros that Mal thing was probably where I I liked Garza That was like the peak of his career, probably. Yeah, because he basically became like the Arn Anderson to Paraguay Jr.'s Ric Flair. And that was, there was so much feuding with Mystico at the time when Mystico was hot. Yeah. that was just a, a glory period. But you know what was so amazing is that he could actually jump from one promotion to the next... And there was never any like repercussions or anything, because he would always leave like in a professional manner. You know, so many people could learn from that because so many people have to go the sneaky way or the up yours I'm leaving way. Yeah, and this guy was always very open about it. That's cool. Yeah, I'm sure there were way there were people who had their feelings hurt that he was leaving. Of but, course, of course. Because you always feel that it's always going to feel that you're always going to feel that. But I mean, for him to do it without any problem and still come back. Not so. That's a lesson in professionalism. Yeah. I mean, people will have you back. In- and that's I. That's I think what people should get out of Hector Garza most, mm-hmm. the professional level that he showed as a wrestler. Not only that, but always willing to help guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's another thing. Remember the WC that we were just talking about this. The WCW. His big moment was him being Scott Hall, and how Scott Hall and Kevin Nash will use that as their hey, we put people over. We put over Hector Garza. When nobody else would put him over, except everybody who knows about wrestling knows he they didn't put him over. Because yeah, what happened they, they afterwards? They made it look like a fluke win because because Scott they beat him Cole down right drunk. afterwards, and they beat him down right afterwards. Yeah. So then, um, well, I don't think he was drunk for that, was he? No, he wasn't was drunk. But wasn't that when they were playing the feud? Why, like he was all walking in the ring? No, that was afterwards. Okay. That was that. That was that. Was, remember when they did? Yeah, that they did that, and they did that for another. I thought that was that. I don't okay. think it was that one. Yeah. <laughs> you have a bad memory. <laughs> I do have a bad memory. What I do remember, I remember seeing that match with uh, Superboy at his house. Yeah. And uh, we're watching it, and we are momentarily surprised because he went over. Yeah, and then, but then they beat him down and, Yeah, then, and then I remember Superboy just kind of shaking his head, just like, 
Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Because <laughs> you know? they didn't give up. That's exactly what happens. Like when they when WWE brings up somebody and you think, oh, they're gonna elevate them. What do they do? They beat them down afterwards. Which we can now That's call the Sin Cara syndrome. Yeah. Think. Well, I don't know. Is he? Did they do that to him? Not quite. Because <laughs> I don't think they did it that they way. They did that. In a we're talking about we're talking about like somebody beating. Losing and then getting beat down. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not that's not the same. But um, I think that's probably his big moment in U.S. wrestling. And like I said, what he could have been so much bigger in in, in the U.S. He had they the look. Utilize him so much. It's better. so funny how everybody gets so strung up on a guy not being able to speak English. And it's like if, it's, if, if any of these ignoramuses could figure out in Texas and California. They push guys to the stars who couldn't speak English. Well, it's like it's you like get, you, you get somebody to speak for them. It's like Larry Madison when he was arguing about Mil Mascaras, mm-hmm. why he didn't include Mil Mascaras because he was a big star in Mexico, mm-hmm. but not a big star in the U.S. And what happens as soon as he says that, Dave Meltzer says, "Yes, he was. <laughs> he, was <laughs> he was a big star in California. He's like he's like he was he was he drew everywhere. He was he out did. throwing guys in in other parts, and he mentioned other parts that he had been a a star that that promotion that he." That he holds the belt to this very yeah, day. Yeah, he may be a very he may be a very uh, arrogant individual, but hell, he knew how to market yes. himself, and he was over. He yes. was way over. And it's like it just amazes me. Like you can't have a good-looking dude. Maybe he can't talk. Don't have him talk. Have him say a few lines. You know, yeah. just like one line. We don't need a guy who can tell us a monologue to open a show. Like oh, fifteen exactly, minutes. Exactly. Exactly. Get a manager out there. I, tri- you know, I initially liked what they did with Sin Cara and WWF. How. He came out there, did his stuff, and left. Like, yeah, yeah. He's a man of no words. Yeah, yeah. He's, he just gets in there and leaves. But well, but they can't. They can't. They can't be happy with that. They always have to Stupid. have more. I mean, do you really want to have Triple H talk for fifteen minutes? No. I mean, wouldn't it be greater if he talked maybe for a minute? You know, what? you you just you just hit upon something yes. very good. I like it if a wrestler didn't talk at all. Yeah, I mean, shut up. It'd be fine if some of them, like a couple of minutes, but I mean, seriously, some you don't really need guys to tell you their whole life story. That's to, like, why I can tell you nothing about things. what's going on in the WWE because I. It's a lot of talking. It is a lot of talking, and yeah. you know you can get the point a lot over a lot more quickly. And it's like when you hear about guys talk about how in the in Mexico, we were having this discussion on on various page um, like pages about guys who could have gotten over in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned Jerry Lawler being one of the guys who I thought would have been a huge star in Mexico. But yeah, but he doesn't speak Spanish. I go, you don't have to speak Spanish in Mexico to be a, one of the top heels in Mexico. In Mexico. And you know what? Jerry Lawler is one of those guys who you could call an honorary luchador despite never having gone there. Because I've always said the difference between old school American wrestling and Mexican especially wrestling. Especially Southern style. Yeah, especially style. Southern style. Is American wrestling so much is done on the microphone. And while you still have uh, mannerisms and, you know, how do you say, physical theater in the ring by connecting with the fans, in Mexico, it was, you do very little on the microphone, and you do so many gestures, whether it's facials or yeah. or motions. I mean, that stuff Lawler did all the time. Yeah, I, 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 I would think Jerry Lawler versus Paraguay would have sold out. Easily. A lot of those buildings back Easily. then. Because, I mean, the guy, the, guy, the guy sold out Memphis. I mean, if you could sell out certain places, you could sell out anywhere. But um, with Hector, I, I just never really got, got the... I mean, he was going to get a shot with TNA, and then that whole thing with the mm-hmm. steroid thing happened. And that's partly partly his fault for not knowing. Yeah. When you're traveling, you should really yeah. check out drug laws. The, the, the yeah. legal... You probably shouldn't be carrying... And either way, even if you have a prescription, you probably shouldn't be carrying it. No, you shouldn't. Yeah. You shouldn't. Unless, it's something, unless it's something you really need that's... that's it's light that's yeah, that going to add yours to your life yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, that was a shame. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was his fault, but man, that's one where I was hoping they would give him another chance because yeah. I think he would have shined. There. I think he still would have gotten another shot, like now. Because mm-hmm. I mean, he's still like the very the very last couple the last year he was still wrestling he was still a very good worker. Yeah. So he still could have hung around. I mean, I still think if if he had not had cancer, he probably would have he would have contributed more to Lucha Libre. Oh, easy. another easy or pro wrestling in general, mm-hmm. at least another ten years basically. Yeah. You know, so anyway, I was looking on YouTube just for, well, like I said earlier, I was looking for matches of his, that sort of thing. And I realized what, when I think of him, the first thing I think of him is the song Mariachi that they opened with him on the movie Desperado. That yeah, was his that was theme his, entrance for yeah, the longest time. Yeah. And I remember even like... Tell me if that doesn't play, that doesn't become, that should give you enough of a reason to book him as a headliner. Exactly. I mean, In fact, one, when I was cruising YouTube, I found several tributes to him that were actually made a number of months ago, I yeah. guess, probably when people heard he was sick. Two of the, two of the tributes were to this, uh, that song. Is that song called Mariachi? Called? Yeah, I think yeah. so. And what I, one of the uh, tri- tributes that they did on video... It was nothing but him yeah. going to the ring, like clips over and over again of him entering. <laughs> Are you sure you didn't land up in the wrong YouTube page? <laughs> well, that was the funny thing. I did. My first thought is, why is he just doing the entrances? But then I realized that entrance was golden, yeah. and, and it wasn't. I realized it just wasn't a bunch of entrances he patched onto one clip. It was entrances he made where he makes certain gestures to somebody in the crowd, or yeah. You know, do a pause. He just he just had a way of him where it was and, just and do that smile or his innocent his yes, innocent gimmick where yes. he would he would land on his knees and do the little like yes yes the, the prayer the prayer thing where he would just like act like he was he was an angel or whatever exactly I love that I always got a kick out of that that's a great yeah that was a great pose uh, I, I remember in fact I remember first time I ever saw that was when I saw Negro Costas doing that when he was wrestling Frey Tormenta yeah the wrestling priest. And after just smacking around the priest, it, the it's priest actually to come back and, and it's it's an face. old heel move, right? Just doing that and then like doing your cross cross your feet, yeah, cross yeah. whatever you do, like to cross uh, cross your heart, hope that you die or in, whatever. In the in the nineteen uh, fifties, that was one of the first things that made Martin Cardigan famous as a heel. Before uh-huh. he actually owned the promotion, uh, he would fall to his knees in penance and sing that the wrestler wasn't going to fall for it. He had just run on his knees to the other side of the ring in a panic, still holding the prayer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just a simple spot, but and he works. got he got it to work really well. You know, the cool thing is that he has a lot of the he had a lot of family in the business and stuff like that. the The amount of the amount of like feedback from his passing is just amazing. Well, I can like, only imagine. Yeah, like a lot of the guys. I mean, he he because t- I mean, here's a guy who wrestled in every single promotion. I mean, he was still what. About a year and a half ago in CMLL, mm-hmm. so well, he had a lot. He had a lot. Did he just of, really just start in AAA when? Yeah, right. Yeah, I, no, I think he had been there like. Well, yeah, because I think he worked Perils and Mon mostly early. Yeah, yeah. So it probably to yeah, really quick. Yeah, because I think he was there for about a year. Mm-hmm. I think he knew he had cancer like around a little before um the this the, the October show probably wow. sometime in September wow. he probably knew because I think the he worked his last match October seventh. He announced it October 15th that he had cancer. So he probably knew. And uh, before we started the podcast, you, you're saying something quite poignant about his brother uh, His brother talking about his passing and the time. That yeah, because they, they, they're, they're planning the, the mass and everything. And they were asking his, um, his brother, Humberto Garza Jr., mm-hmm. 
if he had a chance to spend time with his brother before um, his passing. Because, you know, when somebody's dying, you go and see them. Yes. And maybe sometimes you show up late and you don't see them or whatever. You're too late. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he actually was mentioning that he and his brother, Hector, he and Hector, since they're both, Humberto Garza Jr. also is another pro wrestler. Mm-hmm. Um, they traveled a lot for the last 20 years. And he was talking about Hector being such a, that Hector lived in Mexico City at the time. So he's like, Hector Garza traveled across the world because he, he was still wrestling in Japan every once in a while too. And um, he said, we never really had a chance to talk to each other. But we'd see each other every once in a while, say hi and stuff like that. It's like, but when he had cancer, that that's the that's the sad and happy thing about mm-hmm. about getting cancer. He's like, he's like the last eight months, I spent all that time with my brother, mm-hmm. and he was saying that that and it was it was a it, it was just a great time. He's like, there's highs and lows, but you get to experience them together. I just love he, that. He didn't cry or anything. He wasn't. Yeah. He was. He. I think he. They all knew already that it was. Well, and, it, and that's just a wonder, wonderful thing because, you know, you hear so many people saying, oh, if I die, I want it to be quick. I just want it to be over right away. But um, I think there's a flip side to that that people don't realize, and Umberto Garza put it quite well, in yeah. that, yeah, you get to spend time and you know that's the last chance and that this is your chance. Yeah, you get to be closer with your family, exactly. with your brother or exactly. your, your loved one, you know. But um, they also asked him, they asked him about what he thought his... Um, his lasting what what would last in in the business from him and he was talking about basically his professionalism mm-hmm. and he also ho- and he's because he was mentioning how everybody united for that one benefit show for him yes in um in monterey's like it's like everybody's like cmll triple and the independence all these people joined up to do a show for him he said the wrestlers showed up they weren't going to get paid and they still showed up that's and they were they were willing if somebody told them that they couldn't work they were willing to accept the the punishment or whatever and but he said there was no punishments or anything and he was talking about how um the other thing he wanted everybody to remember remember about his his brother was that he was a happy person mm-hmm. he was very happy he wasn't somebody who was like he was very much uh, yes, kind very, of what you saw because you always got the feeling yeah and i mean he, whenever you saw like they they even interviewed him when he was talking about yeah having cancer he was talking about yeah don't don't cry for me. This is just another battle for me. Mm. It's like, don't, don't. And, and he was his brother saying, you know, and that's how we saw it. He's like, we looked at it as another battle. He said, but unfortunately, he had to go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, a, it's it part of the... It does happen sometime. And, yeah. I mean, wish it would, would have been later than sooner, but, I mean, sounds like somebody led a really complete life. I mean, that's that's a successful life. Somebody. Yeah, I mean, you think all the stuff he did. I mean... Yes. You could you could just read um, Chris Zellner's um, obituary about mm-hmm. him and... You see everything he did in the business, and that's just the business side of it. You don't know what else he did in his private life, you know, his personal life. Yes. I mean, because, I mean, when you're traveling like that, yeah, you hear about him wrestling, but you don't know what he got to see. You didn't get, like, all the all the other stuff he got to do, you know? Yeah, he sounds like he really lived a complete life. Yeah. Well, uh... Now we're going to cry. That's right. <laughs> no, it's not. It's I, I, I got to admit, I never met the guy, but and I usually you know what it is. I think I think it hurt because there were so many people who you know were mm-hmm. very close to him. Yes, and you never heard anything bad about him. You always heard nobody said anything bad about him, and that's the rarity in pro wrestling. It's, he's on the short list. It's like when uh, Paul Bearer died. There was another guy on the short list of somebody that you didn't hear a lot of people saying, oh, he ripped me off. He was Yeah, and you know, we've done you know, podcasts where we, we've said stuff. And, you know, we hear from Dan Farron and he tells us. <laughs> and he tells us. 
Oh, I was hoping you guys wouldn't say anything yeah. negative about no, it. No, honest to God, if I... And we try not to, because it's really... We try not to, but yeah. if, there, if there was some glaring... Uh, it's a story. If, it, if there's a new story to it, you have to tell the whole thing. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I don't want to just... If it's something public. Yeah, and especially if everybody who knows us know how we feel about somebody, I don't want to throw this podcast where we're just, like, doing this big... Yeah, like robots, we're, we're just, like... Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, I mean, you know? I mean, you know... There's other podcasts where they could get yeah, that type of stuff. and there's some people who have both good and bad in them, and the, the story is complete if you show them warts and all, you know? I mean... Everybody has their drawbacks, and some are more glaring than others. And you know, when we were talking about like the Scott Hall thing with Hector Garza, it's so funny how he got to experience both sides of um, a guy who puts you over, mm-hmm. satanico, and a guy who doesn't put you over. Yeah, that's who, true. And then uses that as a reason, as, as proof that he puts somebody over. Isn't that weird? Like, that is weird. That- and I think that's where he got that. He got it more from satanico, realizing... He got. He learned from the right people, and that maybe that's what helped him be well, a, a good person. Helped, maybe it helped him experiencing both sides of yeah. somebody claiming to put you over and somebody really putting you yeah. over, and him knowing yeah, and, the difference. And him now. being able to, you know, pass that along to some of the younger guys because he got to work with a lot of the young guys, and um, a lot of the guys who are now headliners in CMLL were they were barely starting mm-hmm. when he was he was there. I mean, like Sombra, mm-hmm. La Mascara. Uh, we were talking about Angel de Oro and Some guys who are coming so many guys, out yeah. To be really Mascara solid Dorada, workers. all those guys, Rush, a lot Very of guys. Cool. Tejano Jr., another guy in AAA. A guy who's just getting better yeah. every day. Yeah, he left a very nice little wow. tribute to um, Hector Garza too. And I think over the next few days we're going to be seeing more and more of these tributes. Yeah, he, he was just uh, he was just an amazing performer. He just yeah. You know, somebody you don't see every day. Well, I think uh, that probably wraps it up. But cool. we just wanted to spend a little time. Was there anything else you wanted to share about him before we? Uh, no, well, you should probably bring up that we'll be doing another podcast this week. Probably. That's right. That's a good doing idea. three three in a week. I know they, we're becoming compulsive yeah. obsessive now. Pretty um, soon we're going to start charging people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just drop a dime into your computer mm-hmm. every time you listen to one of our podcasts. Mm-hmm. We're going old school. You, you, no PayPal. Just drop. Yeah, we'll, we'll 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 be doing a show next show. We'll be we were actually going to co- try to combine it with. Kevin Kleinrock, but we figured we'd just split it up since yes, they're yes. two different, very different subjects. Yeah, and I thought this would, you know, I think we both thought this would be nice to devote solely to Garza. Yeah, uh, this Thursday, Kevin Kleinrock will be on, and we'll be discussing his Kickstarter pro- uh, program that he has going, and that will be Thursday night at nine o'clock. We should be, I should be posting it on Friday. So yes. Or maybe Thursday night. I don't know. Yeah, depends depending on, on wake we depends are. on my mood. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll bring some co- coffee over some Starbucks. Well, you're not gonna come over. over. You're gonna be at the. We're doing it. Yeah, we're doing at, it over, over the different. phone. But before I go home and put it to the phone, I'm gonna drop a big jug of <laughs> oh, okay. Starbucks. Okay, you're gonna have some Starbucks you're next to you for three days, and then oh. after you post the podcast, you're gonna do a podcast of your own, just talking about everything else because I'm drinking so much coffee and I'm just so excited. But <laughs> hey, don't drink too much. You don't want to start apologizing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've been making a lot of apologies lately mm-hmm. to people who people who know me. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> hey, you know, like I said, Hector Garza would have enjoyed the whole. I'm I'm sure he would have enjoyed the fact that we were we were we see some some joy or some humor in 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 our lives. You know, exactly, exactly. He's not. He wasn't somebody who he took. He enjoyed life. Get that out was, there and live life. Yeah. That, I, that I think is uh, the that's, message. I think that's what the message Hector Garza would have liked. Everybody yes, to. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to uh, 
our tribute to Hector Garza, and I recommend anybody who is not overly familiar with him or new to watching wrestling, hit YouTube, punch in his name, you'll find a lot of stuff. There's no shortage of great Garza material out there. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, uh, yeah, live life.